Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. A journey today to the intersection of hocus and pocus, of abra and cadabra, all in search of the answer to this question. How on earth is it that a company that has no profits is worth $10 billion? From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. Wednesday, the 27th of August. Great, as always, to have you with us, everybody. To the words hocus and pocus, we must today, as we get going, add venture and capital. The brand name venture capital firm Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Byers made a bet today that Snapchat, the social network where people share photos that self-destruct within mere seconds, is worth as much as $10 billion. Ten billion dollars despite not a dime in profits. We asked Marketplace's Stacey Vanek-Smith to figure out how investors look at two other words. Those would be market and valuation. One day you're a little startup, making no money, paying people in stock options, and the next? Someone is telling you you're worth almost as much as the GDP of Iceland. James McQuivy is an analyst at Forrester Research. I asked him what exactly Snapchat's 100 million users share with the service. Among my children, at least, it is really just this is what my face looks like in response to something I just read or heard or saw or a song that I'm listening to. And it's a way of expressing an emotion. Think of it as a live emoticon. But can Snapchat be a face that launches 10 billion real dollars? Not even (laughs) about $9 billion too much. Tech analyst Rob Enderly says Snapchat doesn't know how it plans to spin its 100 million users into money yet. Still, says Enderly, in today's overheated tech sector, the nuts and bolts of the business plan take a backseat to the buzz. I mean, there's two ways you can value a company. One of them is legitimately based on how much money they're actually returning to investors. And the other is based on some screwy math, largely based on the hopes and dreams of those that think social networks, every place should be made of gold and and honey. Why, it's like a dream. The question now is whether Snapchat has the makings of a social media Cinderella. Enderly says it's all about where Google and Facebook drop their magic. Messaging service WhatsApp had no profit plan and only 55 employees. Facebook snapped it up for $20 billion. In New York, I'm Stacey Vanek-Smith for Marketplace. Trade war is too bellicose a phrase for this next story, but it is in no uncertain terms a trade spat, I guess. The U.S. Commerce Department is set to impose new tariffs on sugar from Mexico. American growers complain Mexico is selling its sugar here for less than it costs to produce. That is the definition of dumping. And the U.S. sugar industry does have a track record of getting what it wants. Government protections have kept U.S. sugar more expensive than the world market price for decades now. And yet, consider what happens to the donut makers and gumball producers. Marketplace's Dan Weisman has that story. George Stagey says he is the only gumball manufacturer left in the United States. He runs the Ford Gum and Machine Company in upstate New York, and he says his last domestic competitor moved production to Canada more than a decade ago. Advantages of being in Canada are that they can acquire world sugar at world sugar pricing, which tends to be 40 to 50 percent lower than what I'm paying. The cost of sugar becomes an insurmountable edge. He says the newest ruling is just more the same. 
John Bagan is an economist at Iowa State University. He looked at how many jobs the U.S. could save, making stuff like candy and baked goods and breakfast cereal, by changing policy to lower the cost of sugar. 15,000 to 20,000. And that's lower than some industry estimates. But still, I mean, so, you know, 15,000 jobs is nothing to neglect. Similarly, costs to U.S. consumers from high sugar prices look modest. Bagan pegs them around $3 billion a year for the whole country, which breaks down to about 10 bucks a year per person. That's not enough, he says, to write your senator about. The American Sugar Alliance, however, is a diligent bunch of letter writers. You have to admire them for their effectiveness. Philip Hayes is a spokesman for the American Sugar Alliance. Thank you for saying that the sugar industry is an effective lobby. I would certainly agree with that. He says they have to be in order to protect their members from sugar growers in other countries who pressure their own governments to protect their interests in much the same way. In Chicago, I'm Dan Weissman for Marketplace. Wall Street today, up again. We'll have the details when we do the numbers.